Would you please stand to honor the person and the work of Jesus as it's recorded for us in the Holy Gospel. This text is the basis for the message today. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. The next day, John the baptizer saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and, and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John? You shall be called Cephas which means Peter. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Two weeks ago when my parents were here, my dad told me about a new computer program. You can type any question, ask for any information, and by using artificial intelligence, it'll generate a response. Well, and since you can ask it any question, I had to think of the hardest question I could ask, naturally. And so I asked, what is right and wrong? And its response, right and wrong are subjective terms that depend on a person's moral and ethical beliefs. Generally, right refers to actions or behaviors that are considered to be good, just, and proper, while wrong refers to actions or behaviors that are considered to be bad, unjust, and improper. These beliefs can vary among individuals and cultures. Hmm. Not very satisfying. So I pressed it a little further. I said, well, what about murder? Surely that's wrong. And we went, I went back and forth with this computer program, trying to press it to give a final answer. And yet each answer, each response, circled back around and sounded something like this. In summary, whether the idea that all humans have a right to life is reasonable or not is a subjective matter, and different individuals and groups may have different opinions on it. Thus ends the portion of this sermon written by artificial intelligence. <laughs> now, it may be concerning to you that this computer program cannot give a response for what is right or wrong, but ask it a similar question of what is truth, what is justice, is there a God, and it still cannot give an answer. It could be that the computer programmers have somehow encoded their personal beliefs or biases into the program, and yet that doesn't account for the much more unnerving fact that all of the information online and even offline cannot give us an answer. That to answer the question of truth, of justice, of God, or another similar question, that we don't know the answer. That to answer these questions, it must come from the outside. All of our collected knowledge cannot answer that. The answer has to come from the outside. And that is how John begins his account of Jesus. He says that the answer, the truth, is revealed to us in Jesus. He says it is that Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. When John begins his account of the, the story of Jesus, he begins on this cosmic level. He begins at the very beginning that the Word was with God and the Word was God. That this very Word by whom and through whom all things were created was in the beginning and that the miracle of Christmas is that this word became flesh. That the very creator would become part of his creation. That God, who is the Almighty, would step down and come into our world. That he would reveal the truth, the way, and the life. And so, John describes this as the light that shines in the darkness of our understanding. 
the darkness of our world where, where we don't know these answers, and yet Jesus is that light that shines in the darkness. And in our text today, John writes about how this light first shines on a different John, John the Baptist. As Jesus approaches John the Baptist, he proclaims out for everyone, Behold, the Lamb of God. Behold, here is God's Lamb. Now, it takes some work for us today to understand what, what, what's so important about a lamb. But the people at that time knew what lambs were meant for. Lambs were meant to die. And lambs and other animals were sacrificed regularly. But why did so many animals have to die? The answer is because there is darkness in our world. The people lost in darkness, people who don't know where to go, they do not know what is right and wrong. People lost in darkness, they, they don't know where their life is going, what is this all about? And people lost in darkness who can't find their way back to God. We are separated from God. That is what sin does. Sin has separated us from God well, and you know how sin separates us from each other. But why did so many animals have to die? Because there is a God who cares about right and wrong. And all the sacrifices in the Old Testament, well, they, they weren't so much uh, of a payment to God, so much as a reminder of what sin cost you. But all of the animals sacrificed could not mend our divide between us and God except one. Behold the Lamb of God. John says, here he is. Here is the end to all sacrifices. Here is the one sacrifice that would be sufficient for all time and for all people. Here is the one who could fully take away the sins of the world. Now, if you were here last week, or, or if you heard the sermon last week, you were left with this tension. A tension between what is now and what is not yet. In Romans 6, we talked about how now you have died to sin. It no longer rules over your life. And now you are alive in Christ, completely free. And yet, not yet. That each day you must die to sin and that our actions are caught in this tension between the desire to do what is right and the temptation to do what is wrong. And in this tension we are caught, yet Romans 6 reminds us that you are to consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. But the only hope that we have in this tension is Jesus. Jesus, who takes away the sins of the world, who takes away all guilt. Have, you, have I always lived like that? Have you always lived like that? Or have you still held on to your own guilt? I'd like you to take for a moment and look at this image. You can see that there's a woman and her, her four children and off to the right, there's a door that's ajar, and there's 
uh, men in powdered wigs and long robes. Those are lawyers. And then right in the right, uh, right, or uh, no, in the left, there's a man hunched over and his head in his hands. The title of this image, this painting, is called Waiting for the Verdict. And there's no other details that are given to us about this image. But notice how the woman and her family, there's no husband. And is that a smile or a sneer directed towards that man? Now maybe the man is hunched over with his head in his hands because he knows what that verdict is going to be. Or maybe he at least knows what it should be already. Are you like this man? Where, where maybe the thought crossed his mind that, that perhaps there's still time to make amends. That maybe if, he, if only he could do twice as many good things for the one bad thing he's done, he, he could repay it. And yet he knows just how much good would be required to pay off his one evil. Or perhaps the, the thought crosses his mind uh, of that through all the pain of the guilt that, that perhaps he could just erase it all with something that could numb that pain. Alcohol or pills or maybe an endless stream of, of entertainment would numb that pain. In Romans 6, we are left in this tension between what we want to do and what we cannot seem to complete. And in Romans 7, Paul tells us his own life in that tension uh, of the good that, that he wants to do, he does not do, and that which he does not want to do, that is what he keeps on doing. And then Romans 8, verse 1, there is, now there is no condemnation for those in Christ. Here is the verdict. Here is your verdict. That there is no condemnation for those in Christ. All of the guilt, all of the sin, all of the darkness has been taken away in Jesus. Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And though Jesus was the light of the world, he was plunged into darkness. He was hung on a cross. He bled like a lamb being sacrificed. But he was the sacrifice once and for all. As all sin, all guilt, all darkness, all of the separation between us and God was laid on him. And for a moment, it looked as though the darkness had won. But the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Jesus' victory from the grave is life, is our life. It is our victory for us. The light shines in the darkness. Now, if your guilt, if your separation from God, if all the darkness in your life was something that you could see, if it's something that you could actually place before you, well, then Luther says that it can only be in two places. Either it can be with you and around your neck, or it can be upon Christ, the Lamb of God. Now, if it's with you, well, then you're lost. But if it's with Christ, then you are free and you will be saved. Well, the choice is yours. Now, I asked a different computer program 
to use artificial intelligence to, to create for me a photo. I asked it to create a photo called Sin Around Upon Our Necks, and this is the result. Jesus is our daily reminder. Jesus is our daily reminder that our sin has been paid for, that our guilt has been taken away, that you are free, the verdict has come, not guilty. Then, the light continues to shine. The light shines on two more. First, John the Baptist, and then two more. And before we even find out what their names were, we find out what they did. They heard and they followed him. You might wonder what it takes to become a disciple of Christ, what it takes to follow Jesus. Well, it's simply hearing and following Jesus. And is that how people outside of our church uh, view this? Uh, of what it takes to, to be a follower of Jesus, uh, what it takes to be a Christian? And have we given the impression that before you can be a Christian, before you can step inside our church, First, you must shape up. Have we given the impression that before anyone could be a, a member of St. Luke's, that they first must get their act together? These two men, they heard and they followed Jesus. And when you begin to follow Jesus, that is when Jesus begins to change you. And it starts with hearing and then following, and it is that and, in, and when you follow Jesus, that is where Jesus begins to shape you. He begins to change you. But these two men, they simply heard and followed Jesus. And then by the end of the day, there was another. And the next day, there were two more. And the day after that, Jesus uh, shows up to a wedding where he reveals that he is the real host of the real celebration by turning water into wine. And then after that, another sign and another. And more and more people begin to follow Jesus. Jesus, the light continues to shine. Imagine, imagine it like a line of dominoes. You know where you stand them all up on end, and then you go back to the beginning and give it a little push. And they all fall neatly one after another. And that, that all of these dominoes have been following, and it, it all starts with Jesus. And this line of dominoes has wrapped all around the world from then until now, you know, and there's you and there's me, of, of the people who, and it's a line of dominoes of the people before us who have told you about Jesus, and now here you are. And who, and as the, the light continues to shine, you know, who will you bump into who will hear from you and follow Jesus? Our, our text ends rather abruptly, yet succinctly. Our text ends with, he brought him to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus, the light of the world, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for all time, for all people, the sacrifice to end all other sacrifices, to end all payments of guilt, the light shines in the darkness. And so will our story be like this one? May our story end like this one, that it may be simply of said of you, 
You brought him, you brought her to Jesus. And the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.